You're listening to The Central Cast, recorded each week in front of a live audience in Glendale, California. As we get started here. Well, thanks for being here for our uh, in-person Eucharist meal service. It's good to see you guys with the small crowd here and people joining us and tuning in online. Um, and I know that you're all uh, anxiously awaiting when we can be church and community together. So this is a good first step, uh, especially after we tried before Delta happened. So um, thanks for being here. I'm really excited you guys are all part of this community and continue to do so and be so. And I also like kind of the casual environment of getting together with a small group. So I'm looking forward to it and assuming everything goes well, we'll keep on doing this uh, until we can meet in person kind of more regularly. But as we get things started, would you join me in prayer? God of love and hope, God who meets us and doesn't leave us behind. We're so thankful for the way that you call us to be church together, especially as we've been church separately for so long. In the middle of everything that has been going on over this last year and a half, not just with COVID, but with political and social unrest, with the continued loss, particularly of Black men, but people of color, in the response to the BLM movement. God, we want to be a place of justice, a place of of a community coming together to seek peace and wholeness and healing, to be your voices and advocates of transformation. Teach us how to do that. Open our ears to listen to the voices we can't hear. So as we talk today about what it means to be with to welcome strangers, those who are not like us. Remind us what it means to be one people, all your people, regardless of our background, of our faith, of our life experience. You call us to be one together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm going to do a responsive liturgy with us, and it's really easy since we're meeting here remotely. Um, through each segment of prayer. And this is a, a prayer for sojourners and strangers um, that uh, is adapted to be very uh, in conforming to who we strive to be as a community here at Central. Um, but the refrain that we'll hold together as a community in between these segments, I'll pause briefly and we'll say together, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let's pray. 
Oh God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infects our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion that in your good time, all nations and races may come together in harmony. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God, who loves all of his world, we remember Abraham and Sarah who didn't know whether the visitors meant harm or good. Still, they opened their tents in welcome, and they were blessed. From the stranger, we hear the good news of God's covenant love. Lord, Lord, in your mercy, mercy, hear our prayer. When the people of Israel were strangers in Egypt, only as valuable as the bricks they produced for Pharaoh's economy, God heard their cries and saved them. When we are strangers, we come to know a God who frees us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember the man laying down on the road to Jericho until the strange and reviled Samaritan came to his aid and in sharing his resources gave a picture of your love. From the stranger, we receive help and healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, you remind us that you are hidden in the face of the stranger. You said, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. In the stranger, you assured us that we can experience your presence. Help us to welcome the stranger, the hungry, and those who without homes in our lives and in our community. Welcome them and help us to welcome you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember before you all those who have been uprooted from their homes and communities, people who are compelled to flee for their lives, to leave their land and their culture, to live apart from their families. With them, we mourn the loss of dignity, community, and resources. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember those who are persecuted because of their gender, race, or creed. We pray for the women, men, children, and elderly who seek safety and solace, who desire to begin new lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who leave their homes for economic survival. Remember that the gap between rich and poor gets wider. Europe's resources are shared by fewer people. May we be the generous people that you called us to be. May we seek to show them your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray that the hostility and indifference may give way to hostility and justice. Help us to be vigilant stewards and faithful partners and strengthen us to live as people of your creation, committed in boldness to deeds of justice. Oh Lord, may we welcome the stranger as you have welcomed us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you taught us through your son to seek the signs of your reign in the tiny mustard seed. Plant your words deep in the hearts of our soul. Sow in us the seeds of compassion. 
Let your hospitality take root within us and your compassion grow in us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hello, good morning, everyone. So just a couple announcements today. If you're interested in volunteering with Asancia, please loop in with Max um, and he will get you all the info you need. And then additionally, the park play date for October is being rescheduled. It will no longer be October 17, but we will update you guys later when it will be. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. So now is the time for prayer requests, words of thanksgiving. Does anybody have anything they would like to bring up and have this community pray over or observe? Um, I hope, I don't know how this is going to work online. Can people respond there too? Yeah, people can respond yeah. and oh, good. can hear them. Awesome. Nothing we can lead a general prayer for whatever whoever's in our heart this morning. Loving God, we lift up the issues maybe we're not sure how to bring up. The concerns and worries we have weigh heavily upon our hearts. Be with us, be with our loved ones. We pray for strength where strength is needed, healing where healing is needed, hope where hope is needed. We're the God that meets us in our brokenness. Be with us, be with our loved ones in our hour of need. In Jesus' name. Amen. And that next Caleb? What's going on, Caleb? Oh yeah, that's a great thank you. Yeah. Um I don't know how many people are aware of what happened, but I can basically yeah. So for Caleb Hager, um May's boy. Um, had a secondary issue as a result of a staph infection called scalded skin. And that meant that he had to spend time at CHLA for almost a week. Um, but he's home now, and my understanding is the prognosis is good, but it was really scary for the whole family and very painful for little Caleb, and we want to remember him today in our prayers. And so let's take a moment and lift up little Caleb and that entire family. Loving God, we pray for Caleb and we give thanks for doctors and medicine and the fact that he's on the men. Pray for his continued recovery. And we also just lift up May and Christian, that entire family, as they are recovering as well from this ordeal. Be with them, strengthen them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Max, for reminding me of that. Been a while since we've done live music <laughs> by we and me <laughs> and and all of us together so uh, i thought this would be a good opportunity um the song i chose uh for today if you've been with us for um longer than our virtual existence <laughs> not philosophically speaking um <laughs> You'll probably uh, be familiar with it, but it's uh, it comes from a prayer, and it comes from a prayer from our Catholic um, siblings. So you might be familiar with the words, if, even if you're not familiar with the song itself. Um, but the words repeat, and so it's a good one that if you feel so inclined, you're welcome uh, to sing along. If not, um, you can allow this to be 
your prayer for this morning, but here it goes. Holy Mother of God, pray for us, pray for us. Holy Mother of God, pray for us, pray for us. Now and at the hour of our death, Amen. Amen. Now and at the hour of our death, Amen. Oh, mercy. Forgive us, forgive us, oh merciful God, forgive us, forgive us, for all the things have done and left undone for all the things we have done and left undone So a couple of weeks ago, Emily and I went up to Oregon for a couple of weeks. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we left and we just got back. Let's see, what is today? Sunday. So Tuesday. And we went up there to help with the grape harvest. Uh, her, her parents have a Pinot Noir vineyard and they harvest their own grapes and make their own wine. It's a beautiful little region called the Willamette Valley. 
don't know if you've ever been up there before. And it's such a cool experience and quite a messy one. You end up at the end of the day, well, your back is sore, but you end up covered in grape juice, sticky grape juice and dirt. Um, and it's in your hair, it's underneath your fingernails. In fact, I still, here we are five days later, still have some gunk underneath, underneath my nails. Um, and this year things got extra messy actually. Uh, we were, we had a, uh, a wine press, a grape press in the driveway. We make um, our own rosé with some of the grapes on site. And so in the process of using this machine, uh, nobody stops the grapes anymore, by the way. <laughs> that doesn't happen, at least not to my knowledge. But anyway, we're using this machine and it malfunctions and it shoots high pressure grape juice, including the skins out the side and all over some of us and 50 feet up the building. Uh, we joked about how this was uh, our baptism. So it's an extremely messy process. Um, and um, it occurred to me both last year and this year that so much of harvesting the grapes and and in growing them and investing so much time into them is so much, it relates so well to other things in life. People often ask my in-laws uh, if they ever water their grapes. And the answer they always give is no, never. Absolutely not. And, you know, that's surprising because so if you know anything about Oregon, during the summertime, it receives hardly any rain. And just like here in Southern California, there's almost no rain. And it's important not to water the grapes and to force them into kind of drought mode so that they send their roots down deep, sometimes even up to 30 feet deep through rocky soil in order to find water. Now this not only adds stability to the vines, but it causes the vines to really pick up the characteristics, the distinctive characteristics of the soil in which they're planted, which of course is reflected in the grapes themselves. And then of course, in the unique distinction of the wine that you create. This is really important to basically cause the vines to suffer so that they send their roots down deep and they, they pick up the nuances and the distinction of where they actually grow. The same could be said for us. This isn't just a tired old cliche, whatever makes you, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but that overcoming adversity, adapting to life's difficulties and challenges you know, adapting to life as it really is, sending our roots down deep, so to speak, finding life's deeper meanings and joys, whatever they may be for us. This is what makes us interesting and what gives us our unique characteristics and maturity. And I think it's so interesting to consider that just like grapes in a vineyard, we too are the products of our environment. We take on the unique qualities of the soil in which we're planted in the environment in which we develop in. It's all reflected in who we are. And what I mean is our upbringing, our education, our relationships, our religion or lack thereof, our, you know, who our friends are, where we live, what our socioeconomic status is. All of this influences, of course, how we look at the world, the decisions we make, how we think, how we behave, everything, right? It's these things that give, our, give us our distinct character. And so much of that we didn't choose, right? We didn't choose our name. We didn't choose which family we were gonna be born. We didn't choose which nation we were gonna be born at what time in history. We didn't have a say in the matter. This means that so much of who we are, so much of that which makes us us is beyond our control. And that can be a good thing and a bad thing, right? Depending on the circumstances. 
And it's usually both. But for me, this is a liberating realization. One of the hardest things for me to accept years ago is the fact that if I had been born to a different family with a different religion or in another culture, another nation where Christianity was not the dominant religion, say Islam was, you know, I would have grown up Muslim. And I probably would have been just as convinced that Islam was the one right true religion and the Quran was the only authoritative text and Allah was the only real God and everybody that believed otherwise was utterly doomed. When one accepts that their attachment to their religion, their closest held beliefs and convictions are often just an accident of birth. And not because they carefully weighed all the evidence and then made an informed decision about what religion they were going to adopt. When one realizes this, I think it becomes difficult to remain a, what we would say, a conservative or a fundamentalist within that tradition. One usually adopts a so-called liberal or, or a so-called progressive position as a result. But it's this realization that one is the product of the environment in which they were born which they grew up and developed. It's this, it's this realization that is simultaneously, I think, both devastating and liberating for many of us coming out of evangelicalism. Hopefully it's more of the latter than the former. Hopefully it's more liberating and life-giving than, than devastating. And what's liberating and life-giving about it is that it shows us that unlike a grapevine, we have the ability to uproot ourselves. Do we not? We have the ability to uproot ourselves and to go and find better soil, so to speak, uh, go and find a better place um, to plant ourselves in. If the soil we were planted in, you know, when we were born, or if, if the soil we were planted in is toxic, we can, or, or if we can't send our roots down deep where we're at, we can choose different soil. But that takes a lot of self-awareness. It takes critical thinking and it takes courage, as many of us can attest. It's really scary to uproot ourselves and go somewhere else. And to be honest, that also takes privilege. The fact is some people can't deconstruct, right? They can't deconvert or, or uproot themselves from toxic, toxic religions and toxic community, communities because it would mean being kicked out of their home or losing their financial support, or it could mean being physically harmed by devout family members. So deconstruction or uprooting ourselves is often a very privileged act. And it's privileged also because it means having access to information and the kind of support that we do, right? It means having access to things like the internet and books and blogs and, and videos and communities like this one. And yet it's still difficult and painful, even for us, isn't it? For us to make these changes, even as privileged as we are. But, you know, changing doesn't have to be as dramatic as uprooting ourselves. We can simply learn to be more open to new and different experiences and to new and different people, wherever we are at. I think this alone is liberating and life-giving and enough to really enrich our lives in new ways and shift our perspective. You know, somebody that never goes anywhere and tries, somebody that never goes anywhere new, never tries anything new, never meets anybody new, never, never takes seriously a different point of view. You know, such a person is like a vine with shallow roots, right? They can never really grow or mature or, or reach their full potential. I love this advice from the late chef and travel guru, Anthony Bourdain. He once said, 
go somewhere you've never been. Listen to someone you think you have nothing in common with. Order the steak rare. Eat an oyster. Have a Negroni. Have two. Be open to a world where you may not agree with the person next to you, but have a drink with them anyways. This is not unlike the directive we find throughout scriptures to welcome the stranger. How do you like that juxtaposition? Anthony Bourdain in the Bible. <laughs> they're, they're really similar, right? Um, throughout the Bible, we're told to welcome the stranger. It begs the question, why wouldn't we do that? Why would we avoid strangers? Why would we, why would we be afraid of them? Because strangers are strange, right? Which is to say that strangers often have strange customs, strange beliefs, strange ways of life to us. Strange, strange ideas that unsettle us and challenge our preconceived notions of things. In this way, strangers pose a threat, right? Either real or imagined. They pose a threat to our established ways of thinking and living. To welcome the stranger, therefore, is to welcome the new, it's to welcome the unknown, to welcome something or someone that might change us or change our community. This is the, the danger of the stranger. To welcome the stranger is to embrace the uncertainties that are inherent to life. The world, the real world is strange indeed, right? And it's full of strange people. And I, and I mean that in the best way possible. And speaking as somebody who might be a little strange. The alternative is of course to insulate ourselves from anything or anyone that's different as many people do, which is never a recipe for growth or maturity, right? And this is why I think the scriptures call us to welcome the stranger, at least in part. You know, if all we ever do is welcome the same, welcome those who are just like us, welcome ideas we already understand or agree with. If this is all we ever do, we have no chance of experiencing the rich fullness that is life, the wonderful complexities that are endemic to life. And we have no chance of growing or maturing. We have no chance of sending our roots down deep. We're going to conclude our service today with communion. And I welcome those of you who are participating virtually with us to um, grab your elements. Uh, I want us to consider that Jesus's table fellowship with the so-called sinners and transgressors was his way of welcoming the stranger. One of his ways, not all of it, but one of his ways of welcoming the stranger. And it was something he was harshly criticized for, was it not? By the religious authorities who lambasted him for you know eating and drinking with sinners therefore the lord's supper is supposed to be an open table it's supposed to be an open table as jesus's table was an open table it's for everyone especially those who are deemed other than or stranger or outcast or transgressor the so-called godless ones are most welcome The Lord's Supper is meant to remind us that, that we are to welcome the stranger as well and to consider all that that means for us in our context where we live. So let's do so as we receive the Lord's Supper today. And I'm going to step off screen now and we're all going to go over to that table and we're going to hand out the elements. Let's all gather over there. <coughs> Enough. Um, here we go. Everybody, take a.
gluten-free wafer. Remember we used to do this uh, at the building? Gluten-free, alcohol-free. For those of all right. We all got some. Everybody come forward and grab a, a cup as well. So let's receive these elements together, the body of Christ. The cup of salvation. And with that, without any further ado, I guess you could say, we're dovetailing the end of this service and this Lord's Supper right into the brunch itself as actually the original church would have a robust meal to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And this is our robust meal. We've got some more inside. We'll bring it out here in a second. But um, it's so great that all of you could be here. Thanks to all of you who are watching online. Doug, I see you there. I know Thank there's you. some others, but um, yeah. Thanks for being here, everybody. Let's, let's eat. <laughs> Amen. Thank <laughs> you.